This episode is brought to you by Quests for Authenticity, a confidence coaching program that uses D&D to help you become just as confident in real life as your characters are at the game table. Visit www.questsforauthenticity.com to learn how the program helps people stop being an NPC in somebody else's story and become the hero of their own, or to take a free quiz that will stat you as a level one character in real life. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. I want to skip to Circle of the Moon. Um, this is um, basically like the more melee, get up in your face and go uh, and go wild on wild shape subclass. Yeah, kind of. Uh, this is like Bjorn uh, from Lord of the Rings. This is definitely his subclass. Uh, and it's kind of almost like the default uh, like druid other than like Circle of the Land. Um, basically, you have a combat wild shape and um, you can use wild shape as a bonus action as opposed to an action. And uh, you can use a bonus action while in wild shape to expend a spell slot and gain back 1d8 hit points per level of the spell you spent. So you can basically keep fighting and, and be healing your wild shape over and over again to keep it up longer. Also, it means that at level two, you can do um, CR1 wild shapes right off the bat from level two instead of waiting to level eight to get that. But you still have the other restrictions like flight and swim speed. And then at level six your challenge rating can continue to increase. It is a function of your druid level divided by three rounded down. So if you're level okay. six and you get this, okay. now- really, wizards, for the love of God, it was yeah. usually just, like just give us a chart, guys or something, and now we're divisible by three well, and rounding. Well, before it's just at level eight, you can do CR1 and then that's it. But with this one, it's like, okay, if you're level six, divide by three, that's CR two, right? If you're level 15, divide by three, that's CR five, which means I hope you like dinosaurs because you're about to get a lot of dinosaurs. Um, um, yeah, so uh, that's really cool. And it's a bonus action. So you can still like use your action to cast call lightning and concentrate on it. And then as a bonus action, change into a T-Rex and like pose for a picture for the side of a white van, you know? Um, but yeah, um, which is kind of neat. And uh, they also at their capstone at level 14, you've learned to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways. Uh, you can cast alter self at will, which can give you things like, uh, it's like minor shape changes, like anamorph kind of stuff where you could like grow gills or uh, um, or claws and that kind of stuff. Um, and it's called a thousand forms. Um, and so, yeah, that's their capstone. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, That'd it's be good a, for intimidation checks too. Oh, for sure. Um, it's, it's really great. Oh, and one other thing too, that's like a kind of a mainstay of a circle of the moon is at 10th level, you could use both your wild shape uses at once and instead change into a earth elemental, air elemental, fire elemental, or water elemental. Okay. That's cool. It is really cool. This is a, a fan favorite hat and this is an OG circle. This would be a uh, really circle. good one to pair with uh, a Genasi too. 
Oh, for sure. Right. Especially yeah. if you had it laid out, if you're like a fire genasi, and then mm-hmm. you could use this feature to like buff your fire capabilities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool things you can do with this. And it's not only is it really cool thematically, mechanically it's very, very strong uh, and lets you be like the tank or the damage dealer of your party and also still a full caster. So it's, yeah, it's just a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, then we have a uh, circle of the shepherd, uh, which is really all about like uh, spirits and beasts and face spirits and calling into those. Uh, which again is a small break from the whole nature vibe, but like is not the underworld also the, you know, kind of thing, but more like the idea of this, you know, 10,000 year old forest has had many creatures and their spirits still remain here because they return to the land from which they came kind of idea, which is really fun. Um, and uh, at level two, they get speech of the woods. Um, you can converse with beasts and most fey. Uh, you can uh, read, write, and uh, speak Sylvan. Um, beasts can understand your speech, and you can have the ability to decipher their noises and motions. So you become the dog whisperer. Um, uh, but it does caution that most beasts lack a high enough intelligence score to convey or understand sophisticated concepts. So if you ever you speak with animals, you've probably come across this. Um, but yeah, and it doesn't really grant you friendship with them. You can just, you know, talk to them so it's up to you to make those charisma checks animal handling persuasion and all of that um and then also at second level you get the spirit totem which lets you call forth a nature spirit to influence the world around you it's a bonus action and it's an incorporeal spirit uh that you summon and it creates an aura like a 30 foot aura uh that's neither a creature nor an object which is really important for certain spells and abilities and basically uh it lasts for a minute and uh, depending on what kind of spirit you've summoned, it has different abilities. So like the bear spirit, which again, this is going to like feel like some of the stuff from the barbarian totem stuff, but um, the bear spirit, anyone inside of it gets temporary hit points equal to five plus your druid level, and you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. There's the hawk spirit, um, which basically you can do a... Uh, uh, when a creature makes an attack roll against a target in the spirit's aura, you can use your reaction to grant advantage to that attack roll. So it helps you be a better hunter like the hawk. Uh, and you also have uh, advantage on perception checks while inside the aura. And then the last one there is the unicorn spirit. Uh, also not a beast. Um, it's a celestial. So I'm starting Charlie. to see why the owl. <laughs> I'm starting to see why the owl bear is okay. Uh, I'm, I was always okay with it, but now I'm like, okay, no, there's some good, you know, precedents here. Uh, is a protection aura basically? Uh, you get advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures, um, and if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points uh, to any creature inside or outside the aura, each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level. So each creature gains hit points so it's not like a pool of like four hit points you have to divide they all would get four plus whatever spell you cast which is awesome Um, this is like the whole all right everybody backs together (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah we're going to defend helms deep man let's do it uh then at uh their capstone ability at level 14 is faithful summons um 
So if you're reduced to zero hit points or incapacitated against your wills, like hold person, uh, you can immediately gain the benefits of the Conjure Animals spell as if you're using a ninth level spell slot, which at level 14 you do not have access to. It summons four beasts of your choice that are challenge, challenge rating two or lower. Uh, they appear within 20 feet of you, and if they don't get any commands from you because you know you're incapacitated, they protect you from harm or attack your and attack your foes. It lasts for an hour, no concentration, or until you dismiss it, no action required, and it recharges on a long rest. That is a pretty cool ability. Yeah, that is really good. You have your own spiritual bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, like uh, like talk to my people. Here's my entourage. Uh, then we have Circle of Wildfire, which is a lot of fun. Uh, basically, it's about the primal uh, spirit of fire with destruction and recreation, you know, going on the idea that there's that's how some forests are like kind of renewed and only cert certain trees only release their seeds when uh, there's a forest fire, that kind of thing. So it kind of hits on that. Uh, you get new spells access to and then Again, you can replace one of your wild shapes to summon your primal fiery spirit. Um, that is really interesting because it's made to level up according to your level and your proficiency bonus. So like hit points when you get it is only five plus five times your druid level. So if you're level 15, that's going to be a whole lot more. So it actually scales up with you. So they're fixing the kind of... Uh, uh, beast companion thing the ranger had where it kind mm -hmm. of would be outstripped really fast. The other cool thing that it has is fiery teleportation. The spirit as an action, the spirit in each willing creature of your choice within five feet of it teleport up to 15 feet. The creature, uh, then each creature within five feet of the space that the spirit left must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 1d6 plus proficiency bonus fire damage. This is the easiest way to get unlimited teleports at level two in fifth edition. Because you can just hold on to your fire spirit and bamf around the whole uh, battlefield. It's awesome. With your whole party. I mean, the circle is big enough that you could fit all of your party in there for the most yep. part. Like and if you're trying to get away from something and trying to came up against you, they'll take damage. And teleporting away doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. So... Yeah, there you go. Um, and for the sake of brevity, the capstone ability is the Blazing Revival, uh, which sounds like a church service I would have gone to when I was a kid. Um, uh, <laughs> or a bon Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, oh, there we go. Blazing Revival. It's, it's <laughs> oh my gosh, that's even better, Casey. That's even better. Um, your bond with the wildfire spirit can save you from death. At the spirits within 120 feet of you, when you go to zero hit points, um, you can cause the spirit to drop to zero hit points instead and regain half your hit points back immediately as you rise to your feet. Uh, Circle of the Land uh, is our last one, which has kind of some cool things to it. Basically, it gets back to that original idea of certain druids being tied to certain biomes or environments. And so when you do this, you actually choose one of those environments to be specializing in. And um, it gives you different um, spells that normally are not druid spells based on the biome that you picked. It also lets you um, at second level get more cantrips and also regain some of your uh, uh, spell slots on a short rest, like a uh, like a wizard does, with arcane recovery called natural recovery. Um, 
and which is kind of neat. And so the different uh, spell circles, they kind of give you extra abilities at third, fifth, seventh, and ninth level. Um, and so like the Arctic gives you spike growth and hold person at third level, which is like, yeah, okay, I see what you did there. Uh, and then sleet storm and slow, ice storm, cone of cold, that kind of stuff. The coastal region gives you misty step and mirror image, water breathing and water walk. The desert gives you blur, like a mirage. Create food and water, very helpful. Uh, hallucinatory uh, terrain, uh, again, the mirage thing. The forest gives you like spider climb, bark skin, plant growth. Uh, grasslands gives you invisibility, pass without a trace, haste. Mountain gives you like spider climb, spike growth, lightning bolt, meld into stone, stone shape. Um, the swamp biome uh, gives you darkness, acid area, arrow, stinking cloud, water walk. The underdark, which is not a biome, but in D&D it is. Spider climb, web, gaseous form, stinking cloud, uh, insect plague, among others. Um, and then at... 14th level, the capstone ability, we, we with all of these, we kind of skip a few, but just to give you the overview, um, creatures of the natural world sense your connection to nature and become hesitant to attack you. When a beast or plant creature attacks you, that creature has to make a wisdom saving throw against your spell DC. On a failed save, the creature must choose a different uh, target to attack or the attack automatically misses. Um, and if they do make a successful save, they're immune to it for 24 hours. Um, the creature is also aware of this effect before it makes its attack against you. Um, so it's like the uh, sanctuary spell uh, from the cleric uh, book um, spell list, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, so that's that's all of the druid circles, all the subclasses. There's a lot of really cool things in here. And of course, there are probably more circles uh, soon to come, including probably one that lets you turn into an owlbear. Yeah, the as we're talking about it, I feel like the druid class is easily, I don't want to say one of the most versatile because there's been other ones that have been more so, but I can think of really strong arguments for why you could play almost any race with this class oh, yeah. or multi-class really, really well with this class. So it, it's versatile in that respect that it offers something that will pair very nicely if you're intentional about your build. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not only like mechanics wise, which is where I tend to go naturally, but also thematically and story wise, like barbarians and druids, like there's a strong through line there. You you kind of name check some of the more elemental or um, other dimensional based races like the Genasi. Um, of course, like things like elves and half elves uh, uh, work really well as gnomes. Uh, yeah, especially gnomes, with the ones, you um, know, they have like mm -hmm. the connection with nature to begin with right they already have like a form of beast speech as a racial ability the ghost wise uh halflings uh that we kind of discovered from our favorite book the circus adventurers guy would be really cool uh one of my favorite things i ever did is i had a um goliath druid who only wild shaped into very small things because his favorite, my favorite thing, let's not put it on someone else, it's, it's me. My favorite thing to do was to be like a squirrel, sneak behind the enemy lines, and then just like, <laughs> to this like seven foot tall dude with a giant um, mess you up stick. Uh, 
the <laughs> element a, of surprise. Yes, surprise. Um, so yeah, that was always a lot of fun too. So yeah, there, there really is no wrong way to play a druid. There's no wrong way to play any of these classes, but there's a lot of really like obvious, like cool things you can do both mechanically and role play and thematically that just work with the druid because, and I'm gonna guess here, it's because everyone's part of nature and that's what, that's the druid's jam. Thanks for equipping the compendium. We hope you enjoyed listening in to the conversation this week. If you haven't done so already, it would help us out if you take a minute to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a good review. We hope to see you back in a few days for the next episode where we'll be continuing our discussion delving further into the world of D&D.